Welcome to Legacy Church. Thank you for joining us in our journey to see our potential in Christ become a legacy in our community. We hope that you are encouraged by this word from Pastor Chad Owens and pray that you will walk away with something incredible from your time here with us. Teresa and I, it, Teresa is my wife. Let me go. Let me make sure you guys know that that I'm not just throwing out somebody's name randomly. Uh, but Teresa is my wife, and we're glad to uh, that you're here. We're glad to pastor this wonderful move of God. And if you're new, this is your first time. Thank you so much. If there's anything we can do for you, let us know. We want to make sure that your time with us is is comfortable and easy. Amen. We don't want you to feel weird. Anyway, I'll move on. Well, we're glad that you're here this morning. Um, look at your neighbor, and I want you to say the word process this morning. Process. Say it again. Say process. Um, as Logan said during his time of prayer this morning, we just finished up a time of prayer and fasting last Tuesday and Wednesday night. We, have a, we had a great time of, of worship and prayer time. And um, Listen, guys, I'm excited about what God's going to do. I know, and I know, I already believe by faith. Look at your neighbor and say faith. I believe by faith that God, if God hasn't already answered your prayer, that He's going to answer your prayer through that time of prayer and fasting. Because I know and understand that sometimes that when we pray and when we fast, that sometimes God may reveal that thing to us on that moment or in that, during that time of season. But there are other times where I want you to know and understand this morning that God may not reveal that thing to you for, for many years. But I want you to know and understand something this morning is this, that God, if God makes a promise to you, he hasn't forgot it. I'm just telling you this morning, somebody needs to know that today, that if God has made a promise to you, that he has not forgot that promise. Now, he may, not, he may have not fulfilled that promise yet, but I'm telling you, he hasn't forgot that promise that he's spoken to you. But what I want to talk about this morning is this, that before you ever get to the promise, there's a process that has to take place. Because everybody in here that can hear my voice, we're all flesh. If you, if you pinch me, I'm gonna, I, might, I might scream, and then I might give you one of these. I don't know. It just depends. But if you, if you cut me, I'm going to bleed. We're flesh and blood. We all love promises, but we don't like the process that takes us to the promise. Because here's what I'm knowing and understanding, and this is what I thought of this morning as I was getting ready, that, that sometimes that while we're in this process, you know how people will promise you things, right? I promise I will be there. I promise I will do this. I promise I will do that. And what happens is what? That they, they don't sometimes fulfill that promise. And what happens over time is, is this, is you begin to lose your trust in that person because they keep telling you, hey, I promise, I'm going to, I promise, I promise, I promise, I promise. So it's kind of like the, the, the little boy that cried wolf, that he just kept crying wolf, and then when he needed it, nobody was there. And so we just keep promising these things, and what happens is that we begin to lose trust in people because they're not doing what they say they're going to do. And what happens is that we sometimes will allow that to creep into our relationship with Jesus. That we begin to lose trust in God, and we begin to lose faith in God, and we begin to lose these things in God, 
Why? Because things are not happening the way that we sometimes think that they need to happen. But if God, is, if God has made a promise to you, listen to me this morning. Some of you are praying for your family members to get connected to a church. Some of you are praying for family members to get healed. Some of you are praying for different things in your life. And I'm telling you this morning is this. If God has promised something to you, it's going to happen, but it may take a little time. And what I want to encourage you this morning is this. Don't lose faith. Don't lose trust in the process. Because there's a process that has to happen before we ever get to the promise. Look at your neighbor and say process and promise. This morning I've titled the sermon simply this. The process before the promise. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 20 says this. For all the promises of God find their yes in Him. That is why it is though uh, through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. That all his promises, all the things that he says to you, all the things that he's placing in your heart. Listen to me. You can count them as a yes because they will happen. They will happen in your life. But before the promise is ever fulfilled in our lives, again, I say it and I'll say it again. There's this thing called a process. And the process is not a place where we want to be. You see, the process produces pain. The process produces discomfort. The process produces growth. The process is where we either learn to either we're going to trust in God and we're going to see this thing through or we're going to throw our hands up and we're just going to give up on God because we haven't seen the promise happen yet. It's like childbirth. You see, at the end of the childbirth, there's a what? There's a, pre- there's a baby. There's a promise, Right? Before the baby ever gets there, you fill the blank in. I'm not going to go there, but you fill the blank in. But in the middle, there's a what? There's a process that has to take place. There's birthing pains. There's discomfort. There's times where mothers are just like, ah! You know, it's like they go to the bathroom 37 times in a night. You know, it's, their feet swell. There's, there's discomfort. There's Right, ladies? There's pain. There's discomfort. But listen to me. At the end of that pain and discomfort, there's a what? A promise, a miracle. That when you're holding that promise, when you're holding that miracle, all of that that difficulty, all of that pain, all of that stuff is what? Gone. Why? Because you're holding the promise. But there's a process that has to take place before you ever see that promise. Because what God wants to do is that He wants to grow you. He wants to stretch you. He wants to do new things in your life. And so before you ever see the promise, you got to go through a process. And some of you this morning are in the middle of that process. Some of you are, listen, some of you are being, you're you're discomfort right now sometimes. There's some pain in your life right now. There's some things going on in your life right now that God is building trust in your life, but you just have to stick with it. You just have to stay with Him. There's times in in our marriage, and Teresa can verify this, there's times in our life where there's discomfort. There's times in our life where there's there's pain. There's times in our life where there's... It's hard sometimes, but you know what? We made a promise to one another that no matter what we go through, that we're going to see it all the way through the very end. And it's that process... But here's, here's the amazing thing about the process is that through that process that we've learned a lot of things about one another that we didn't know before. And so what God is trying to tell us is this. There's a promise. that We used to sing a song, there's a promise coming down that dusty road. 
Let me, I'm dating myself a little bit, okay? I mean, that's way back then. I'm telling you this morning, there's a promise coming. And if you can just stay, if you can just see it through the process, God's going to answer your promise. He's, wait, let me say it this way. He's already answered your promise. The, the answer has already been given. It's just he hasn't showed it to you yet. And so you just have to trust through that process and give, him, and, and give him trust and faith. And so I looked up the word process. It says this, a process is this, is, is a series of actions or events performed to make something or achieve a particular result. That's what process is. And so I thought about, you know, Jesus was the son of a carpenter, right? And if you've ever done any kind of carpenter, carpentry work, you understand that what? There's a process to it. That you got to go, you got to get the plans you got to get everything ready. You got to go buy the lumber. You got to go get everything. Don't do like we did when we were building this church. That you just went to Lowe's every single day because you forgot something. I mean, really, I'm telling you, when, not only this church, but when we, when we were in the, the, the church on Broad Street, every single, Logan can testify, every single day we were in Lowe's. And every time we walked in, these people were like, oh Every single day, and Teresa was like, why don't y'all just write a list? Why don't, because we don't want to write a list. We like to come to Lowe's, okay? We just enjoy it. But understand, but that's what God wants to do in our life. There's a process to building that thing. But at the end of it, what do you get to enjoy? That beautiful piece of furniture or whatever it is that you're building. And that's what God's doing in your life. He's building something beautiful in you that other people are going to get to enjoy. You see, when you go to people's houses and you get to enjoy their furniture or, or whatever, you get to enjoy that, right? And so God is building something in you so that other people can enjoy what God is doing in you. And so you get to enjoy it, but, but they get to enjoy it as well. But there's a process that takes place in our life to what God is really doing in us. A couple of weeks ago, Logan and I had the opportunity to order some desk furniture. And he, of course, he, you know, he had to order his own line. You know, he's all this, yay, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And so I, I found my furniture, and I got it, brought it back to the church. I opened it up, and I put it together, real simple. Two legs and a crossbar. Man, that's my kind of, right? That's my kind of putting furniture together. Take it out of the box. I put two legs on it. It's, it's there. Now, Logan's furniture was a little bit different. He ordered his furniture online and he received the furniture, but a day later he received the instruction. Man, you go, why? Because it was that thick. I mean, it was the size of your holy Bible that you sit on your coffee table. The, I'm not joking. There were a million pieces in that box. And I was proud of him. I sat back in that booth one day working on something, and he sat himself in this room patiently putting it together. He never threw anything. He never cursed. He, ne he just patiently put it together. And at the end of the process, get what? He's enjoying that piece of furniture. Why? Because he went through the process, which there was some pain and discomfort. Now, what we like to do, right? We like to have the desk that I have. We got three pieces, and we're going to enjoy the promise. We don't want the promise that's got a million instructions with it, Right? We don't want that because that's difficult. We want to just open it and enjoy it. But that's not how God always works. Sometimes there's a lot of steps to this process. Before you ever turn into that, that beautiful piece of furniture or whatever it is that God's building in your life, there's a process that has to take place. And what God's telling us this morning is this. If you will just trust me through the process, the promise is already yours. 
He's not going to take it from you because it's already been given to you. He just says, if you'll just trust me in the process, you'll get to enjoy the promise that I have for you. And so we don't, we don't, want, we don't like that process. We don't like that, that thing that we have to go through. Why? Because there's a lot of pain and discomfort and all that, all that stuff that goes into it. You see, I, there's a band called Elevation Worship that we sing some of their songs here on Sunday morning. They have a song that's, that's, that's called this. It says, uh, the name of the song is Won't Stop Now. But one of the lines, it says this. It says, I know that breakthrough is coming. By faith, I see a miracle. My God made me a promise, and it's not going to stop now. I see, guys, what do you see? What do you visualize happening in your life? What do you see God doing in your life? I see a breakthrough coming. By faith, I believe in a miracle. God's made me a promise, and it's not going to stop now. So you trust him and you believe in him. And by faith, you, you, you're believing that the process is going to happen. And God's going to give you the promise. Some of you, some of you are, are in that place today where the, you don't know whether to trust him or not. Listen to me this morning. If you, don't, if you walk away, forget everything that I've told you this morning, which there, you may, I don't know. Trust him. Trust Him and give Him everything that you have and watch Him unfold everything in front of you called the promise. You guys with me this morning? Say amen. amen. Exodus chapter 6, verses 8, it says this. It says, I bring you to the land which I swore to give you, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 10, it says, When the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give to you a land with large, flourishing cities. And this is the part I want you to see this morning, that you did not build. The promise that God has for you this morning, you're not building it, it's already been built. You just simply have to trust him. he's he's already built it. It's already done. When he died on Calvary that day, when he went through all that stuff that day, everything is done in that moment. You just have to continually trust him that through this process that he's going to reveal that promise to you at the very end. Look at Genesis chapter 15 with me this morning is our text that we're going to look at. 15 verses 1 through 6 says this. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eleazar of Damascus? And Abram said, You have given me no children, so so the servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord and credited and he accredited it to him as righteousness. You see, the word of the Lord comes to people many different ways. 
It will be through a personal appearance of God or through an audible voice, through a vision, through a dream, through, through, through an angel or by the working of the Holy Spirit in your mind or through a passage of Scripture or, or through a prophet or through a preacher. So there's many ways that the Word of the Lord can come to you. But he, hear me this morning is this. is God is wanting to speak to us. He's wanting to give you a word. He's wanting to share something to you. He's wanting to reveal a promise to you. And He wants to give it to you this morning. When God reveals a promise to you, we have to understand, again, that there's a process that we all go through. Look at your neighbor and say, all. It's every single one of us in this room. The process may be a little bit longer for other people, but we all go through the process to get through the promise. So there's a couple of things this morning, or actually, there's three. There's not four, Pastor Ken, if you're listening to me this morning. There's only three, guys, okay? I heard years ago of, a, of a, a, a pastor that came to our church at Life Church one time, and I think he was an evangelist or a missionary at the time. He says, listen, my sermon is like falling into a briar patch, a point here and a point there. That's what he said, and I'm like, how do I even remember that? That's so corny, I don't even want to remember it, but I'm telling you this morning, I don't know why. But there's a couple of things that I want to share with you this morning about the Scripture. And it's found in number, verse number 1. The second part of it, it says, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. Number 1. And you guys already know this because you're smart. Number 1, He's your protector. He's your protector. The Bible says that I am your shield. The Bible says that you, uh, you're a uh, you're very great reward. Understand, when God gives you a promise, He takes you to the process. But in the middle of the process, let me tell you what He says to you. You're not alone. That even though you may feel alone, even though you may feel like you're out there stranded all by yourself, God tells you through this Scripture as He spoke to Abram that day, I am your shield. I am your reward. I am your protector. I'm the one who's going to take care of you as you go through this process. I'm the one who's going to be there for you as you go through those difficult times and those dark times. But understand that through the process, I'm building something in you that maybe sometimes we don't even see. That He becomes our shield. Think about that this morning. That God becomes my shield. He becomes my protector. He watches over my life. He watches over my family. He watches over this church. Why? When we, give, when we trust Him and we, and we give Him everything that we have and we allow Him to do the process in us that He needs to do, then He becomes my protector and He becomes my shield. That whatever the enemy throws against me, whatever the enemy shoots at my life, whatever the enemy says over my life, listen, I've got a shield of protection over me. And his name is God. That he's my shield, he's my protector. He's the one that's going to be with me and he's going to help me to see this thing through till I get to the promise. You see, God understands what we're willing to give up. And so what does God do? He rewards you and he gives you the things that you need in your life. He's your shield. Look at your neighbor and say, he's your shield. He's your protector. He watches over you. He has everything that you need in your life. You see, there was a good reason why God said to Abram, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, Abram. Why? Because he had just defeated five different kings, and so he was expected to be attacked. 
He was expected for these armies to come after him, so he was afraid. And let me, listen, this morning is this. Sometimes we do get afraid. Sometimes that we're, we, we don't know the outcome. We don't know what's going to happen. Why? Because here's the reason why. Is this, is that God knows that you're going to be attacked. Why does he know that? Because Jesus himself was attacked by the enemy. And God put a shield of protection over his son as he was being attacked. So Jesus knows that you need a shield. Jesus knows that you need a protector. So he's going to give you that protection over your life. He's going to help you. He's going to be far greater than that, that phone case that you have on your phone today. Amen? I'm glad I have one because I, my, I would have already shattered my phone by now. The first day I got it, I dropped it. So Teresa's like, please put a case on this. I'm like, I don't need it. No, I put a case on it because I was going to break it. But He's your protector. He's your shield. He's the very one that sees you through the process as you move forward. Why? Because He knows that the enemy's going to come in to attack you. He knows that the enemy's going to come in to persuade you so that you will stop moving towards the promise. He's going to, listen, He's going to attack you in the middle of the process. Not when you get the promise. It's in the middle of the process that He's going to come and attack you and, and say all these things to you. That's why He said to Abram, Abram, don't be afraid. Some of, you, some of you this morning need to hear that. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Why? Because God's got your back. God has your back. He's protecting you. He's your shield over your life. He's everything that you need of in your life. Psalms chapter 41, or excuse me, 46 verses 1 says this. God is our refuge and our, what's the next word? Our strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. That He is my protector. That He is my refuge. He is my strength. You see, a refuge is a condition of being safe or sheltered from somebody pursuing you. From somebody coming at you with danger or trouble. So when we're in God's presence, when God is protecting our life, guess what? We're under His protection. We're His refuge from the danger of what the enemy is going to throw at you. He's protecting you. He's got this hedge of protection around your, around your family. You pray it all the time. God, bless, protect my family as they travel. God, protect my kids as they go to school. God, put that hedge of protection around them. Why? Because the enemy is real, and he's going to do everything he can to stop the promise that needs to go forth. But he's just your, your shield and your protector. Not only is he our shield, but he's our reward. You see, when you and I are obedient... When we sacrifice things, when we give up things in our life when we, to, to receive that promise, guess what? God rewards you in the process. During that time of your prayer and your fasting time and reading, you gave up things in your life. You gave up certain things in your life. And guess what? God's going to reward you for doing that. He is our rewarder, as the Bible says. He gives us the things that we need. He's not just sitting up there in heaven watching us do these things. And He's, not, and, and, and he's wanting to reward you. He's wanting to pour blessings out upon your life. That's just who our God is. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 6, it says this, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists. And here's the, here's the last part that I want you to see. That He rewards those who what? Earnestly seek Him. Let that sink in. Those that earnestly seek Him, those that go after God, those that allow God to be God in their life, the Bible says that He rewards those who diligently seek Him. That if you've got a financial need in your life, guess where it comes from? God. If you've got a, 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 any other need in your life, God's going to bless you. Why? Because you're obedient to God. And through your obedience, God rewards your obedience for doing the things that God's called you to do. 
So he rewards you. He's not just a God that's sitting up in heaven that's not concerned about your life, that's not concerned about your family. Listen, he wants to be in every detail of your life. But you got to understand that he's my rewarder, that when I do things that God has called me to do, that God rewards me. But the cool thing about it is that I get rewarded, but there's other people around me that gets to enjoy that reward as well because of my faithfulness and the things that God's called us to do. You see, the children of Israel, they were given the promised land. All they had to do was follow the process. All they had to do is travel the direction that God says. But what happened was this, is that they got so caught up in the, prom- in, in the process that they completely forgot about the promise. Because in the process, it was hard. It was difficult. But even, if it, even in the middle of difficulty, guys, God still took care of them. He still rewarded them with water and food from heaven. He still, he still took care of them. Why? Because they just, as long as they continued to gripe and complain, God still poured out blessings upon him. And that's, that's what I want to stop in my life is the griping and the complaining. Well, God, you haven't done this, or God, you haven't done that, or where's this, God, where's that, God? Listen, I'm in the process just like you are, and I just want to trust him to, until I see the promise. And so that's where they, they just got caught up in the, prom, the process that they lost the promise. And what happens in the middle of that process is this, is that, man, we find out who God really is. You see, I can talk about God all day. I can tell you how wonderful he is all day. I can tell you what a great rewarder he is all day. I can tell you about his strength and his power all day. But it really doesn't mean anything until you experience it yourself. And when you experience yourself, you're like, oh my gosh, what he was talking about was really true. He's just not some kind of flake or floony or whatever you want to say there. Those are not even words. I just made them up. But here, that's what happens. Listen, I'm saying these things this morning for you to understand that when you go through it, you understand who God is. When you go through those difficult times, you understand who God is. So the process builds trust. It builds your faith. It helps you to understand who God is in your life. That He's not just sitting up here, but He's real, living in your life. That's the process, and that's not, that's not where we want to be. You see, Joseph had a promise, but he held on to God as he went through the process. Joseph had a promise at a young age that one day he would be, that he would be you know, high up in the kingship. But he didn't see it until later on. But he still received the promise. And as he was going through the process, what did he do? He kept his eyes upon God. He kept believing by faith in God. In every situation, he just kept trusting God. And it seemed like every situation just kept getting worse and worse and worse. But he still kept his eyes on, on, on God, even in the middle of the process. Number two is this. Number two is this, when doubt comes knocking. When doubt comes knocking, look at verses 2 and 3. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abraham said, You have given me no children, so a, a servant in my household will be their heir. So at that moment, even though Abram was a man of God, there was a moment where he doubted what God was telling him. Like all good Christian people do. There's not a person in here this morning that has at some time in your life doubted whether or not God's going to do what he says he's going to do. But what do you do when when doubt comes knocking? 
What do you do when you're faced with those situations in your life? Think about this for a moment. Let's say that you were promised one thing in your life and that your friends and your family just kept bringing you stuff over and over. They just kept bringing all this different stuff, but what they kept bringing you was not what you were promised. And so you're building up all of this stuff. You're building up all of this wonderful stuff, but it wasn't what you were promised. What's going to happen is this. We're going to lose We're going to begin to doubt that that person that's supposed to bring it to us, maybe they didn't hear me. And so that doubt comes into our life. Why? Because everybody's not bringing, everybody's just bringing random stuff. They're not bringing you what you were promised. And that's where Jake, or that's where Abram was in this, in this scripture was this. He was, he, listen, he had a lot of great stuff. He was a man of wealth. He had silver, gold. He had animals. But he had, there was one thing that he didn't have. And that was his own flesh and blood, his own son. So he was like, so what good is it, God, that you keep blessing me with all of his stuff that I don't have anybody to give it to? And that's where we are sometimes in our life. Listen, we're blessed. You live in a nice house. You drive a nice car and all these things. God is blessing you over and over again. But sometimes in your life, you, you have doubt whether he's going to come through. And what do you do when that doubt comes knocking? Are you going to trust him? For most of us, we need to stop opening the door. You just keep opening the door to doubt. You just keep, an, you keep opening the door for the enemy to come into your life. Listen, if the enemy's knocking, don't open it. I'm not smart, but I, listen, if the enemy's knocking on my door, don't, I'm not going to open it. Because I know that the minute that I open it, that I start questioning God, that I start doubting my faith, I start doubting in the one who's called, uh, that's given me this promise. What do we do when doubt comes knocking at our door? We don't open it. We leave it closed. You see, Abraham or Abram was 75 years old when he first received the promise of the Lord. But he didn't see the promise until he was 100. You do the math. 100 years old, he didn't see the promise for 25 years. 25 long years. Now, I don't know if years were the same back then. I'm guessing that they were. 25 years before the moment that God spoke the promise to the moment that He was holding the promise. Listen, we can't trust God for 25 minutes. When when church goes a little bit longer, oh my gosh. When service goes a little bit longer, oh my gosh, he's, He's doing 30 minutes instead of 25. Oh my Lord, what's going on? But that's the way we are sometimes. But it's in the middle of that process when that doubt comes knocking at your door. What are you going to do? Are you going to listen to the voice of God? Are you going to listen to your own voice? Abraham had much wealth. but There was one thing that he was missing in his life. And God knew it. God knew it. Why? Because he already promised it to him. He had already promised it to him in his life. But what happens is sometimes is this. We want to speed the process up. Right? We want to put our hands on the process so that we can hurry up and get the promise. And that's what happens when you birth Hagar's in your life. They're not the promise, but they're part of the process. You see, that's what happened in his life. He couldn't wait long enough. His wife got antsy. He'd go, here's my servant. Have a child. And so uh, Hagar was born. That wasn't the promise. 
But he still, in the middle of the process, he had doubt. He tried to hurry it up. He, had to, he tried to make it happen. Listen, if the promise is not the promise, it doesn't matter how hard you try, it will never be the promise. You can, you can flip it, twist it, what, word it, however you want to. If it's not the promise, it will never be the promise because it's not supposed to be the promise. You just got to trust God in those situations in your life to know and understand that when God calls you, when God says those things, that they're going to come true in your life. But you see, in the middle of the promise, or before we get to the promise, there's some testing that has to happen in our life as well. Genesis chapter 22, verse 1, God tested Abraham. Luke chapter 22, verses 31 and 32 says this, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to, uh, to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. You know what I love about that scripture is this, that Satan had to go to Jesus to ask him what he could do to Peter. He had to go to, he had to ask Jesus what he could do to Peter. And God allowed the testing in Peter's life. Why? Because he was trying to build something in Peter's life in the middle of the process. But you know what? Peter began to doubt, and look what happened in his life. Now listen to me this morning. Now he didn't lose faith in God. His faith just faltered for just a little bit. Now he came back to God when God approached him, and that's what happens to you and I. When we're in the middle of the process, sometimes our faith may falter a little bit. We may get off track a little bit. We may look other places sometimes. But what God says, listen... Don't let your faith fail. Because if you lose faith, then you've lost it all. Because God wants you to believe what? By faith. Even though it may falter, even though you may have some doubt. Listen, can we be real for a moment? There's moments of fear and doubt that creeps into our life. I don't, maybe I'm just speaking to me. I don't know. But there's moments of fear and doubt that comes into my life. I'm real. I'm like, God, are you there? Are you real? Are you going to come through? All these things. It's the process that we learn who God is. But when the doubt comes, when the doubt comes knocking, what are you going to do? What are you going to do in those moments? Are you going to listen to the voice of the enemy? Or are you going to trust God? You see, Peter's faith was attacked. He got off track for just a moment, but he didn't fail. Abraham, or Abram's faith got off track for just a moment, but he didn't fail. He didn't fail. Hebrews chapter 7 verses 25 says this. Therefore, he is able to, to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. This morning, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of his, fa of his father. Guess what he's doing? He's praying for you. He's lifting up your name. He's crying out in your place. He's crying out your name to his father. So that, he, so that God would protect him. So God will, will protect you and to keep your faith strong in him. He's praying for you even as we sit here this morning. I don't know about you, but I need that prayer. I need that intercession time that God is praying for me in my life. There's a waiting period that we may go through before we ever get to the promise. Abraham, or Abram for 25 years. Joseph, it was 13 years. David, he waited decades before he ever became king. But it's in the process that God's revealing things to us in our life. Another thing in that scripture, in Genesis chapter 18, verses 11 and 12, Shelby, I want to ask you to, if you would, come on up this morning. In Genesis 18, verses 11 and 12, 
It says this, Abraham and Sarah were already very old and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. Verse 12 says, So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, After I am worn out my Lord is, and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? She physically laughed, guys, when she heard the news. Picture it in your mind. She's standing there and she's listening to this conversation and she hears the angel say that this time next year you'll have a child. She goes, <laughs> okay. Have you seen me? I'm pretty old right now. But she began to doubt what God could do, what he's already promised in her life. She laughed. Some of we, we may not physically laugh sometimes, but we laugh at God sometimes. You know, okay, whatever, God. I prayed that before. I hadn't seen it yet. I've trusted you before, God. I hadn't seen it yet. Okay, whatever. What do you do when doubt comes in? Number three, the last thing is this. The promise is always bigger than you think. The promise is always bigger than you think. Verse 4 says this, Then the word of the Lord came to him. You need, let me stop for just a moment and say this. When you're in the middle of the process, sometimes God has to remind you about the promise. Because sometimes in the middle of the process that we forget the promise because of the process that we're in. Because many times what we do is we focus on the process that we're in and we take our eyes off the promise. So we, lo we, we lose thought about the promise. See, see, some of you in this room, God has promised you something and, it, and maybe it was many years ago. I don't know. But what I do pray is this, that God will remind you of that promise that he prayed over you or he said over you many years ago. Sometimes you have to be reminded of that promise. And that's what was taking place in this situation in verses 4 through 6. The word of the Lord came to him, and he says these famous words, This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He then took him outside and said, Look up, to the, look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. God took him outside or the angel took him outside and said, look up to the sky. Look up. If you can count those stars, if you can, guess what? The promise is much bigger than that. The promise is much bigger than what you see. The promise is always bigger than what you think it will be, guys. That's just who my God is. When God promises you something, it's not going to be something small. It's going to be something great. The promise is much bigger than what we think. Ah, we'll do it, Abram. Just trust me. Just trust me. You see, God showed Abram that night just how big the promise would be, but I don't think Abram really understood how big the promise was going to be. Because I think in my mind, when Abram was holding his son, or by this time his name was Abraham, was holding his son, all he saw was his son. But you have to understand that the promise was much bigger than that. When he was holding his son, what God saw was us. Abraham saw his son, 
But God saw the big picture. In other words, this is part of your heritage, Abraham. This will carry on until Jesus' time. Jesus will take it forth and then He will carry it on to the disciples and the disciples will carry it on to the very end until I return. So the promise is much bigger than what you see. Abram saw a child. Jesus saw a Savior. Or God saw a Savior that saved the world. You see, we see it sometimes as something small, but it's not small, it's really big. It's the promise of God. The promise that God says, I'll reward you. I will be your shield. I will be your protector. When doubt comes knocking, don't listen to the voice of the enemy, but trust me as you go through the process that I will be with you to the very end. The promise is always bigger than we think. Thank you once again for joining us at Legacy Church. Stay tuned in to our website for updates on events and check out other messages under the online listening tab. We'd love to see you, so join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Have a blessed day.